Welcome back to another episode of What's Your Jersey? I am Jacqueline Marfuji. I'm your hostess with the mostest. Actually, the most excitement because yesterday felt like Christmas morning because guess what? NFL football season is back. What? And the Giants shit the field. Um, if you guys have been, <laughs> my guest right now is making fart noises because he is my first Giants fan guest I've ever had on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's nice that I'm the fan. I'm the, the first guest after a big loss like that. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's, you know, it happened. It is what it is. It's the first game we were missing Odell. It's fine. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but we're back guys. NFL Jersey. If you listen to the podcast, you know I like the Giants and I like jerseys. Not necessarily to wear to a game. I find that a little cheesy. I think a cute little white tank for a chick, jeans, and maybe a baseball hat with your team's logo on it. That's hot. It's chill. You're welcome for the fashion advice, meatballs. Um, I hope you've had a great week. Again, thank you for listening, rating, and reviewing. Five stars is always appreciated, and we are going to get started. This is a big one, guys. I'm very excited. He has more credits than I think anyone I've ever had on here. Um, if this was an Oscar speech, I'd be cut short just saying his credits. Um, <laughs> he's the shit. He's chill. We're sitting in his very dark basement next to a lot of musical equipment. This is very exciting. Alfred Hitchcock. Just all the things. I'm going to get into the credits. Um, guys, you know him from Justice League, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He is the writer, lead of Impastor. He was Lex Luthor on Smallville, Justice League, the movie Sorority Boys. You've seen him at the Comedy Store, the Hollywood Improv. He plays in the band Sandwich. The Sandwich. The Sandwich. Dare you. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm such a fan. I've been to one show. It's like, how could I mess that name up? Oh, I know. It's all good. It's all good. We're a very new band. <laughs> um, he's a world touring member of The Sandwich. And he has an amazing, inspiring, fucking hilarious podcast called Inside of You. Check it out on iTunes. Guys, welcome to What's Your Jersey, Michael Rosenbaum. Thanks, Jacqueline. What a treat it is to be here. And it's inside of you with Michael Rose. Oh, Not inside that of you. Not that need that. But you, know, you might go to inside of you and it might be some porn podcast. <laughs> no, so, I typed it in today. Oh, uh, really? So inside of you with Michael Rosemo comes up if you just type inside of you? Just type inside of you. I like <laughs> think it's perverted, but it's it's not really. It's, I appreciate it. You know, it's a double entendre. It's a cute little like cheeky yeah, wink. Yeah, in. It inside. is. You know, it's fun. Thanks like for having mine. me. I'm excited to be here. I know. At my house. You came to my house to do I'm an angel, I know. Yeah. I live so far away. When I say far away, down the hill, two minutes away. Yeah, you live really close. I live and, on like Crescent Heights. You brought and me meatballs. <laughs> you know, you brought me some water and let's not forget what I said. Hey, if you're gonna also stop by the store, would you pick me up some nasal strips? <laughs> I'm forty five, okay, Jacqueline. I, I don't breathe well at night. I don't snore. <laughs> But I need some nasal strips, and it helps me. I feel a little revived in the morning. You did, why, why aren't you wearing them right now? I'm actually Well, you insulted. don't wear them during the day. And what it does, it kind of swells your nostrils up because they're stickies, right? So they stick against your skin. Yeah. And then once they start to, like, 
like they, they blow up, you know, because your nostrils separate and it opens the airways. So you look like you just got punched in the fucking nose. Oh, that would be very on brand with like our sports talk today, though. Punched in the fucking <laughs> nose. Yeah, I mean, but I, yeah, so I don't wear it during the day. Okay. And you have to peel them off sometimes in the shower because they kind of hurt. Oh, it's God. old man stuff. I think I need to get my deviated septum fixed. Wow. You, all the girls are so turned on right now listening. Well, maybe I should make a spin on it. Like, it's it's from hockey. Ice <laughs> hockey. I played ice hockey and I hurt my nose. I was in El Segundo last night. I left my I wallet playing. there. Do you remember that song? <laughs> What's the name left of that Left my song? wallet in El Segundo. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, guys. He's tough. He's really. I'm so tough. One time I split my chin. And I swear to God, it opened up like 15 inches, and I was so like bloody. It was stirring again. Oh my God. I swear to God, it, it, this I happened. split my chin open too. Wait, I want to hear your story. Well, first. real quick, I was playing hockey, and I, and I, this guy, I came up the boards, and I kind of, we kind of hit each other really hard. Yeah. And I go, Are you okay? He goes, Oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> and I looked, and his stick had hit me in the chin, and it split it up. Split it, split it up, oh. split it. And uh, they go, you got to go somewhere. So no one helped me. Hockey players don't help other hockey players. They stayed. They played. I went to the dressing room, could barely, you know, degarb. Mm-hmm. And I had this bloody rag on my face. And I went to McDonald's drive-thru because I was starving. And I knew I'd be in the emergency room for like a couple hours You're waiting. You're like priorities. So I had to get a Big Mac. <laughs> Sorry about those vegans and all the other. I know. Uh, Whoa. But, but anyway, I went to the hospital. and um, How know, many stitches? I think 15. Oh, my God. That's what I had. Oh, and you did it right in that same area? <laughs> right here. Well, how'd you do it? I'm so sensitive. Um, I was, I think, five or six years oh, old. <laughs> everybody does that when you're five or six. Um, I was really tough, though. I was in Toys R Us, the happiest place on earth well, for every day. other kid than me. <laughs> not that day. I still have nightmares. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I got into a wagon for some reason, face down with like my head off the end. <laughs> And my little monster best friend, Vicky, decided she was like, fuck yeah, I just like pulled it. Are you and still friends with Vicky? <laughs> no, Vicky Wainwright is dead to Vicky, me. Vicky, you bitch. <laughs> Vicky. How dare you. She's in prison. Jesus. I know. The Marfugis were like, we're making the call. Marfugi. I'm tired of that Marfugi. <laughs> and yeah, she pulled it and my chin just hit the floor and just like oh, split. No, just... And the only doctor I knew at the time was a family friend who was a chiropractor, but I kept screaming, I want Doc Joe! I want Doc Joe! <laughs> and no one knew what you were talking about. No. I want in that accent, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was that New Jersey. I want Doc Joe! <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. hilarious. But my mom had to, like, lie across me while they did the whole thing. It was the worst. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm, I'm really sorry sensitive. you had to experience that 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the only surgery I've ever gotten. Really, I've had, I've had many. We don't want to talk about those. That's boring. I mean, but I've had five surgeries, you know, from ice hockey and sports my whole life. So yeah, you know, it's good. It's good for a couple months when you after the surgery you're on drugs and it's you're allowed to be on drugs. And so it's, it's like, like hey, it's okay if I take a Norco. I don't feel bad about it. And then um, <laughs> it's you know, prescribed. You, yeah, you wean yourself off and you don't become a drug addict. No, and it's even more fun if you drink on it. Yeah, I don't do that. You're obviously, uh, <laughs> you, have, you have major issues since the fall when you were five. <laughs> I'm just more fun than you, Michael. It sounds like <laughs> it. I think you might have a little more fun than I do. Those New Jersey people. We're, you know, stomachs of steel, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, you're still, uh, you're, 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 I know of somebody that you're kind of going out with here. <laughs> 
I don't want to be too elaborate. It's I'm, uh, We like to call him the main squeeze. The main squeeze? Mm-hmm. I love him. You know he's one of my best friends. I know. Guys, that's how Michael and I met. I would like to say we met like at a comedy club. Yeah, but, but we didn't. We didn't. I, I'm glad we're not saying we met at a comedy club. I know. Boring. <laughs> Although we're both doing it and everything. But yeah, Tommy's, uh, he's the funniest guy I know. <clears throat> he just doesn't give a shit. Like, I think he gives a shit. Tommy, I know you're listening. But he'll be like one of those guys, like, you know, he's got that New York, New Jersey accent. You know, sometimes you understand what he's saying, sometimes you don't, but he doesn't, you know. I remember we were in a car on our way back from Malibu, and Tommy is in the middle seat, and I'm next to him, and my friend Tom and Deneen are in the back. I love no, you, Tom, Tom and Deneen. <laughs> yeah, Tom's in the back. I'm sorry. Deneen's in the front seat. This will all make sense in a minute. <laughs> and Deneen says, Tommy, and we're all a little drunk. Tommy, tell Tom that we're going to go get some food before before we go back to Michael's house, and then we're going to go blah, and whatever. And Tommy literally looks at her for a second, looks over his shoulder, looks at Tom, and goes, something about Deneen then. <laughs> and Tom goes, what? He just couldn't remember anything she said. <laughs> In that New Jersey accent, something about Deneen then. And we just howled for an hour. Tommy's like, then he said something. He starts to tell a joke. And he's like, so anyway, ah, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about anyway. <laughs> he gets ass. so mad. He's so, <laughs> he's so he's stubborn. A, he is. He I is. love it. He's got to laugh through it. He's got a good heart, that kid. <laughs> he does. He's, what's up? Main squeeze. Yeah. My dad. So my dad can sometimes be like a, not a momager, but like a dadager. <laughs> and he can separate himself from like being my dad and knowing what's best for my career. <laughs> really? So, yeah. They were out here a few weeks ago and we're in the pool hanging out. And he's like, so you talk about your main squeeze a lot. And I just feel like maybe it's not the best thing for your career to say you have a boyfriend. Oh. You, so you're you're attainable. Exactly. So some guys like, hey, you know, this girl from New Jersey, Jacqueline, you know, she's available. She hear you hear about your main squeeze, you lose like three hundred, four hundred followers, or thousand, three hundred thousand followers. <laughs> you know, it's like your dad's got a point, doesn't you know, he? I think on my podcast, when I, I don't have a girlfriend now, yeah. But um, you know, some guests, my my podcast, people, it becomes therapy. Like, it really I don't does. Mean it to, but yeah, it becomes more about like, wait a minute. I like I figure things out through their therapy and through their lives. Totally. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> it's okay. Fuck, it My matter. dad just being like, uh, don't oh, have a yeah, boyfriend yeah, yeah, in yeah. public. Yeah. I think Tommy I, agrees, though, I think. Yeah, you know, because if I say, you know, who knows? Maybe there's some girls out there who, like, think I'm attractive. I don't know. Maybe. No, there know. are. Uh, maybe meatballs. there are. Thank you for writing I, in and I saying. I hope some meatballs are attracted to me. I need some meatballs in my life. They are. You let me know. I'll show you some. You got some good meatballs. Got some you got turkey meatballs. meatballs. You got vegan meatballs. Fuck you got sausage meatballs. What kind of meatballs we got here? We got beef, veal. How about Trenton pork. meatballs? Huh? Oh, Trenton. My area code is still Trenton on my phone. Is it? I know. What right? is the area code there? 609. What 609 up? in the gym. Yeah. You got hose in different I was area born codes. in New York, in Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. I yeah. love it. You I like. went to school with a lot of Long Island people. Where'd you go? I went to University of Rhode Island. Oh, so that wasn't even in New York or New Jersey, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but all the really fun kids. But that sounds like a good school. It was... It's not oh. like you went to Hofstra. Is that a good school? Uh, for acting, good? I feel like is it's it, good. Is that an actor school? That's I don't know what actor. that's about. In New York, I feel like a lot of actors. I My thing, like when I went to college, it was like, did the sorority, did all the shows. Sorority. I was in Alpha Z Delta. We were Yay Z. Yay Z. 
You guys Were can you put that up? together. Um, I, w- I was recruitment chair, so I couldn't be a total bitch. But, you know, we, we were all like Jersey, like New York girls. Like right. everyone, I was bleach blonde with bleach blonde eyebrows. I like, gotta see pictures. Oh, it's rough. A terrible spray tan. I was the only blonde dancer on the Ramettes team, which is f- like the basket, like with the Laker girls of Rhode Island. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But I was called, like, I didn't go through a fat kid phase, but like in college, I was probably the most confident I've ever been. And I was probably the fattest I've ever been. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's great, though. It's all about confidence. It doesn't matter how fat you are, how stupid you are, yeah. whatever you are. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm hot yeah, in this see, crop top I'm... with my beer belly hanging out, dancing in front of thousands Good for of people. You. Be proud of your body, woman. I know. I think that's what you have to be. I think, you know, we live in Los Angeles now, and it's like, we were talking about this last night. You know, I had a couple people over. Sorry for not inviting you, but um, <laughs> I, I actually did. Um, I actually you did. did. <laughs> but we're talking about, you know, you know, women and they think mm. it's my friend Carl, my black friend Carl. I love we all Carl. have our black friend, but I have a lot of black friends, but it doesn't matter. He's a great. But Carl's friend. sitting there, and we're talking about you know guys want girls that are really skinny, and like I'm like that's the problem with women. You don't know what we're thinking. Mm. The problem is we aren't thinking <laughs> at all. And I think the the thing is like I we I like a woman with curves. I like a a woman. I don't want someone that looks unhealthy. Yeah, you know? I'd rather date a large woman uh-huh. than too skinny. Hear that, Absolutely guys? positive about that. 100%? 100%. I'd rather date a big girl than too, too skinny. I think it's fun to have something to play with and Absolutely. grab on Get to. jiggy with it. Right. Do, 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 do. What up, Will Smith? I'm telling you, man. Do you know that dance? I had to choreograph that dance for Nerdist. Do you still remember it? I do. It was like, nah, guys, I wish this was a video podcast. It was like, no, 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 She's actually doing that, the dance right and now. And then you do a flip and a turn and then you do it. Like that. Yeah, I'll never do that dance. I know. I do the hammer. Oh, I want to see that. Well, maybe get some video. We'll do it. (laughs) Did you ever go through a fat phase? No, I go through like thin guy with a gut and a a turkey gobbler. (laughs) You know, that's kind of what I go through. Um, Do you know there's, I found this out two days ago, there's injections you can get in your chin to like make the double chins like go away. Is it healthy? They're going to find out 10 years from now. It's got like that stuff that's in Diet Coke. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll be great looking for the next five years. Everything's unhealthy now, Jacqueline. It's like you can't do anything. It's like coconut oil. Put coconut oil on everything. Coconut oil will cure Alzheimer's. Coconut oil. Drink. Eat. Love. Fuck. Coconut oil. And then a month later or a year later. Yeah. Don't. Whatever you do. Do not use coconut oil. I think I should. I'm going to start smoking, and I'm going to just just fuck it. My grandfather's 91. Yes, he got Alzheimer's. Is this that Irv? didn't kick in. Yeah, until he was 88. But he mm. lived a long life. He ate stuff with tons of grease and shit and wine and ate and drank what he wanted. And he's alive. And he smoked yep. for some years. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that will happen to everybody. No, you never know. Sometimes it's like. It's your time. When it's your time, it's your time. <laughs> just. Yeah, but I think everything in moderation. Have fun. If you want McDonald's one day, you have McDonald's. If you want to be gluten-free the next day, gluten-free. Everything in moderation. Look at you. Just dropping knowledge bombs. I don't have knowledge bomb. That's my new name. <laughs> I don't think so. I was always really... I wasn't very... See, I can't even spit. I can't even tell you that I wasn't a smart kid. I can't even articulate. <laughs> you can't even. Uh, say I'm it. so dumb. I can't say I wasn't even a smart kid. <laughs> That's how bad I wasn't. I was colorblind. I was, I was the shortest. You were kid in or high you school. are? I didn't have hair on my balls. Sorry, meatballs for hearing that. 
things were tough for me growing up, and I wasn't good looking in, in college. I think I was just funny, and people thought, oh, he's got a good personality. That'll get you far. I guess, man. My mom used to, you were the cutest baby. Every every mom says you're the cutest baby. If you ask your mom, Jacqueline was the cutest. Oh, my God. A little faven when she was trickling blood in that fucking toy store. <laughs> I swear to God, she was the cutest kid. And other people would be looking at like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. I look at pictures of myself. I'm like, you aren't cute. <laughs> You weren't. You look like Alfred Hitchcock. Like you were talking. Right you look like a young Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> the next thing I will do is shit my pants. That was my terrible impression. That's how of you talked. Well, my next segment. <laughs> I, don't know, I think he talked like that, didn't he? Yeah. Let's ask him. Alfred's. <laughs> I feel like a lot of ugly babies turn into hot adults, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Even I also find two hot people can sometimes make a really ugly kid. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I think, I'm, you know, I'm 45. And I just, my goal is to look, as long as I don't look older than 44 and 11 months, as long as someone says, you know, you could pass for 44, I win. You win. You win. Don't look older than you are. <laughs> if you look older than you are, you're losing. Yeah. I think I there's a lot of girls I see that are like 22 with too much plastic surgery and they look like they're 35. Why would what is that? <laughs> Ladies, leave yourselves alone. Stop. You want real. I know it's hard to imagine that a guy wants you for who you are and wants the real, you know, wants a real girl, doesn't want the plasticity of it all. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm I'm telling you. I'd rather meet a girl with, I mean, look, there's little things you could do. I'm sure like if you get a wrinkle, you can get a little botox. I call it maintenance. Maintenance, but don't freeze your face where you have no expression. I don't know if you love me or hate me. You're like Darth Vader. I'm looking at you, and I don't know what you're what, because your face doesn't move. The guys, too. Oh God, that's the worst now. Oh, it's so bad, guys. Stop it. I um speaking of guys, stop it. Uh, <laughs> stop it, guys. Some about the name then. <laughs> um. So Michael told me he. Possibly didn't want to do the podcast because he said he didn't know that much about sports. And I was like, stop it. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, I, I know I watched the New York Rangers. I watched the, the New York. I can't watch the Knicks anymore. I couldn't even no. name one player on that team. I just can't. Do I it. loved them when I was little. Me too. I just can't. It was, it's just every year it gets worse. There's no hope. Like, I don't the Mets get give it. you hope and then they shit the bed. They do. You know, the Rangers give you hope and then they shit the bed. But there's still hope that comes back. The Giants? I'm going to be honest with you about the Giants. I said this in 07 when I was at the Super Bowl when they won when Tyree made that. The catch. Tyree helmet catch. catch. I could talk about that for hours. I was there. I had I was a joke about that. Look, let me hear it. Oh, I, I don't even remember. I compared it to like. I thought you said I have a joke. <laughs> I had. I don't remember it from one second ago. <laughs> I, I did it you, right after it. And it was funny. I did it in front of Strahan at the comedy store. It was Oscar night, and I found out right before I went on that Strahan was in the audience, and it was no. like the biggest highlight of my comedy career. <laughs> I when when they won the World Series, World Series, there you go. When they won the Super Bowl in '07, I was there, and Tommy and those guys were all um, at my house watching, <gasps> and I'm up in the box with like Steve Tisch, and you know, my friend Tom Arnold brought me. And he, mm -hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten there. And I remember them all just being like, oh, fuck, man, it's over. And I go, and I was a little drunk. And I was like, and I'm not a big drinker, but so far I've told you two drunk stories. You know? <laughs> but anyway, I'm like, guys, this, I feel it. I feel it. Come on. I swear to God. And my Tom's like, buddy, buddy, sit down, man. Sit the fuck down. All right, the owners are here. Don't put, you're pissing everybody off. They're already fucking pissed. They're losing. I go, we're going to win this game, man. We're going to win. And I swear to God, it was like three plays later, that Tyree catch, which is unbelievable. If he doesn't fall on someone's body, if he doesn't fall on a, to brace that fall and hits the ground, he mm -hmm. doesn't ever make that catch. Everything had to line up perfectly. The, it was an absolute divine intervention miracle 
how they turn that out. And I love that the best team in football for the last couple decades, right, is the <laughs> Patriots. But they can't beat the fucking lucky giants. They can't. I don't care if it was luck. I don't care if there's no we don't had no business being there. Uh, we we beat, them. beat you fuckers. <laughs> and we beat you twice. Yep. You'd be seven and oh, Brady. Yep. And you're Hi. not. You're five and two. Because <laughs> the team that wasn't supposed to be there beat you. Twice. You guys sucked. Yeah, we sucked, but we beat you. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you suck if you win at the end. And I remember at the end, the whole family, the Tish family, and they were all going out. And they gave lanyards to security guards. Mm -hmm. And I just started walking with them. And I go, and the guy stopped me. And I go, hey, this is my family. What are you, what are you doing? Like, very nice. And I was, it was the best acting I've ever done in my life. And he looked at me and we locked eyes for a few seconds. And he goes, okay. And I walked past and I go, oh, my God. And they handed me, I'll show you after this podcast. Oh, yeah. They handed me a bottle of Dom Perignon. Oh. It says 2008 New York Giants Super Bowl champs. Stop. And then we were supposed to spray it on all the players, and everybody did the family. And I wrapped it up in my sweatshirt, and I didn't open it. <laughs> and I fucking haven't. You little shit. Fuck it. <laughs> I am so happy you still have that. Right? <laughs> when are you gonna actually pop it? What? The next time the, we win the. the... <laughs> what do you mean the champagne? <laughs> Jackie, can I call you Jackie? I feel like we know each other now. Um, you know what? I'm never. I think that's like maybe when my kid's born. I don't have a kid. I don't Do you have want a kids? Wife. I don't have a girlfriend. So a long way to go. And the kid hopefully won't be ugly. We can make that happen in I'm nine months. I'm sure there's someone out there. Yeah? Any meatballs out there? Yeah. <laughs> meatballs. <laughs> right in. And what do you look for in a girl? Um, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and make myself sound yeah. like... There's obvious things. It's like, first you have to have a connection, like like a, like a physical attraction. I have to look at a woman. Like like you guys out there, you look at a guy, and, and the girls, I know you're listening right now, you're thinking, yeah, I have to look at this guy and go, yes, I would totally fuck that guy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that in your head, sometimes there's a rare occasion where you're like, um, I don't know, he's a little bit weird, or he's a little bit cute, and then you start talking to him and you get more attracted. Oh, yeah. But there's got to be some initial something. They say women in the first 30 seconds know whether or not they would actually let you penetrate. I know after the 30 seconds. Because <laughs> that's about all it is. 30 seconds. No, um, there's got to be a sense of like, hey, this is who I am. I'm sort of the center of attention. And I'm a little out there. And I'm ADD. And I'm this. And could she handle that? Mm -hmm. Can she handle just letting me be me? Letting her be her? And Because that's that's how it is. It always shifts. And it shouldn't. If you get to know someone, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. All right. So when I'm not listening to you 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can be like, you. don't get mad at me. If I here's my problem. I can't multitask. If I'm typing and someone asks me a question, I start typing what they're saying. <laughs> yes. I can't fucking do it. I'm an idiot. I can't multitask. I literally say to every girl I date or even my friends, I go, listen to me. If I'm doing something, wait till I'm done or say, hey, right when you're done, I have to ask you something and I will finish. And then I will talk to you. If you've said anything during that moment, nothing. You're not lying. Like, yeah. even when we sat down here, you were doing something on your phone. And you weren't rude about it. But, like, you waited until after you were done to, like, respond and, like, ask. I, I, because I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have written down something that you said. <laughs> like, I'm taking cliff notes for you or something. It's true. Yeah. I think it's important 
I've dated people in the past that have that same like energy level that I do and that are like really fun and out there and outgoing center of attention and that doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need like a yin and a yang. Yeah. You know? I need someone to be like, hey, Michael, can you just shut the fuck up for a minute? Exactly. Or just like, I don't know. It, it is. It's a balance. It's hard. Look, I always say this is terrible to say, but 99% of relationships don't work. No, it's And true. the one time it does, you get married and guess what? 50% of the time, divorce. divorce. You have half a percent of chance. So here's what I'm saying. Just go out and have fun. Don't put any pressure on yourself. I'm not putting pressure on myself. Yeah. Hey, if I if it works, it works. If it's not, it most likely won't. So I know it sounds horrible it. To think like that. But all these, a lot of women and a lot of men put so much like, oh my God, it was the best date ever. Oh, you're in trouble. Nope. No, you know, tell me what the tenth date how it is. Exactly. Let it just go and say, "Hey, it was a great day. It was great. Let's see what happens." I think that comes with like age, though, and being mature and like having dated for a while. You kind of are Don't like. Don't you ever call me mature? <laughs> Jeffrey, ever. Was that the meanest thing anyone's it's ever the said to you? Thing ever seen. It's true. Okay, so you're looking for someone that's will tell you to shut the fuck up. Well, I don't know. I just I look. I, I made the mistake once of saying, telling someone. Hey, here's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. So then I feel like that person's sort of on their best behavior. Or maybe me, if the girl's like, I don't like this, I don't like this. And I'm like, oh, I better oh. not. But your true colors do come out. So it doesn't matter if you try to prevent all those things that you did or you said or you thought because you're trying to get some like girl or guy. Because eventually it comes out and then it becomes a waste of time. Exactly. Because you're not you. I, I hate guys that fart. See ya. Bye. I'm out. <laughs> I fart. I don't, I don't. I won't date a guy that burps and tosses. He does the burp and toss. You know where you, uh, and then you catch it and you throw it. No, don't date me. I occasionally I, do the burp and toss. I watched your back in the day movie yesterday, and I saw the burp and toss. Harlan fart and toss. That was oh, that called, was a fart and toss. That was called the Garvin. The Garvin. Why the Garvin? Well, we didn't want to get sued, but there's this basketball player named George Garvin back in the '70s, '80s, and he used to do the finger roll in basketball. The uh-huh. finger roll. He created the finger roll up with the basketball up to like a layup, and then the so the finger roll. We do the finger roll. We catch a you in the movie. You catch a fart, and you do the finger roll up to your nose, and it's called the Garvin. Look at you. See the sports. Garvin. Sports talk. I you know, know just enough, which is why we're gonna do our just enough segment oh, right man, now. Sucked. Meatballs, this is for anyone who needs to talk just enough sports for the week. <laughs> this yeah, is it. Do it. Uh, I'm really excited about this, actually. J.J. Uh, Watt. We know him. He's great. <laughs> do you know J.J.? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's been campaigning a lot for um, Hurricane Harvey to raise money. And he just... Yeah, didn't he do that big email? He did this whole thing. And they just yeah. found out he's raised $30 million, yeah. which is really fucking Incredible. cool. I think he was 29. Twi- <laughs> You're yeah. You've been fact checking all morning because you're really nervous <laughs> yeah, about that's this. Amazing. It's so cool, right? It is. It is. Um. So yeah, he played yesterday though. <laughs> he's kind of tough. Like he literally, he's a defensive lineman, and he has been making more headlines for this hurricane fund than actually for his playing. Whatever, no big deal. It's fine. Um. He had a bone puncture through his finger yesterday apparently during the game and he was just like fuck it tape it up and just like kept going you could just see the bone tape that yeah you could see the bone <laughs> and Jeez. he just taped it up i mean that's a serious finger energy injury and he just kept playing yeah i don't know how you do that i you know i, I you know i have a what do you call those an ingrown hair and I'm like, oh my god, that fucking hurts, man. If you just say I can't, I don't know how they do that. They got to be pumped up on something. I mean, maybe just it's adrenaline. I, I think it's adrenaline. Or maybe the cameras are on. He's like, I gotta play it cool. 
And once the cameras are off, he's crying like a little. I got to do it for Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, it's nice that, I mean, $30 million is a lot of money. Who would have thought that? That's a lot. You're you're doing a charity coming up, aren't you? Um, yes, I'm always like you know, I have a charity called Echoes of Hope for Foster Youth, but I do a lot of charity work, and I'm always like animal rights, and I'm like always trying to help. I really am. I you know I have so many friends who are such great people who try to help rescue animals. My friend Shira, who you know, who yes. just she's just her you know her heart goes into so much, and um, so I try to support that. But I'm doing like a a hurricane relief thing in my hometown of Indiana, Evansville, Indiana, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So it's Friday. And it's four to seven. If you're in Evansville, Indiana, at Integrity Motors on Bakey Avenue, <laughs> but we're doing like a, a drive, and we'll have a truck there for food and just raising money. And so it's, it's just good to be part of the community and, and do that stuff. Yeah, it's you great. have to do that stuff. You really do. Otherwise, who are you? Well, like, what's the point? You got to pay it forward and give back because yeah. you never know what could happen to you, and you might need some help someday. I need help now. Have you not listened to me for the last twenty five minutes? I need I I'm hope in desperate need of help. By the end of this you feel a little a little helped, a little nurtured. This is therapy. This, this is good. good therapy yeah. for you. I um this is something that I just saw. Uh are you into college football? Nope. I don't like it either. <laughs> I didn't say I don't like it. I just not, never got into it. I'm a Western Kentucky University fan. Look I went to college there. Shout out. <laughs> Yeah, right? Hilltoppers. <laughs> you guys are, you're killing it this year, aren't you? Uh, are we, what are we, 0-1? Um, yeah, I have no idea about that. <laughs> I will check it out after this. Yeah, yeah. it's not that I don't like college football. I, yeah, I threw that statement out there. It's just, I don't know the players, and it's just too much for me to pay attention to and keep track of, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot. You know, um, I think it is cool, because, um they're going on to the NFL where the NFL it's like NFL and then you know either you're an on-screen reporter or, right you know and Alabama I'm just here's the thing with me with sports it's like Alabama's ranked number one right yeah but Alabama wins seems like they win every year even if they don't win it's just like fixed or I, something. I, well it's not fixed I just hate when teams keep winning it's not that I hate the Patriots it's that I hate teams that that just keep winning like dynasties, it's like look. If somebody says, "What if it was your fucking Mets or your fucking Giants?" I'm like, I told you, I won in 07, and that was enough for me for a lifetime. I, I don't like get the mad underdog. at. I don't get mad at the game last night when they lose 19 to three. No, they don't have a Adele Beckham. Yeah, it's their first game. They don't have an offensive line. It looks like shit. But they <laughs> did, and I'm like, I don't care because guess what? We won two Super Bowls in 07 and 11, and I don't care. So what I like to see is some team that never wins mm-hmm. like who like uh, come on talk to me about like a rising a rising like, up uh, team. like kansas city that would be the chiefs or the browns <laughs> how about it be nice at the fucking shit browns won the super bowl i would, for them. I would the too raiders <laughs> fucking go for the Ra- i just want teams that haven't won if you've won that's enough if the mets win i'll be good for till i die <laughs> that's it i think it's good to change it up i just want the losers to w- to win is that so bad? Were you an underdog as a kid? Oh, oh <laughs> therapy. Yeah, I was. Is that where that comes I was. from? No one expected me to do anything. Not that I've done a tremendous amount. Oh, uh, okay. For someone who grew up in a small town, I I, I think that I I can I list your credits again if you want me to. No, no. no. And by the way, some of those movies bombed that you named. <laughs> they were movies, okay? <laughs> Look, that you know what's funny is my friend Dax said this. He was just on my on my podcast, and he's an amazing Dax guest. Shepard. Yes. And he said, if I could, like his movie, Chips, didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if I can go back to 18-year-old me and say, hey, 
you're going to be the lead actor and direct a feature movie for Warner Brothers. Do you think that 18-year-old kid would be like, how much money does it make? Is it a huge blockbuster? No, it's just the kid who wants to be in a movie and direct a big movie or be a part of something so big. And I think that's what happens is we lose focus of what's important. It's like, yeah, that's all icing, Mm -hmm. but sometimes just to get the job, just to be like, I'm in a movie. Forget the rest. You got paid and you're in a movie. How great is that? I mean, you have no control of the other shit. Nope. And that's how I try to look at it. And I've done some bad shit, man. And you know what? It all got me to some good shit and then back to some bad shit and then to some decent shit. <laughs> Life's just a bunch of a plethora of shit. <laughs> My dad is always like, throw enough shit up against the wall. Something's going to stick. Right. <laughs> Meatballs. <laughs> uh, we're yeah. giving a lot of wisdom from Phil Marfuji today. This, this is just, this, yeah, right. <laughs> I want to meet your dad. Oh, you'd love him. He'll be out here in January. I'd love to see your dad talking to Tommy. Oh, they're great. Really? It took you like a while. She calls you main squeeze. Yeah, whatever she fucking calls me, I don't give a shit. Whatever she wants. She call me whatever she wants anyway. Well, I got no fucking. I can't say nothing about it. She gonna kill me? <laughs> no he loves, he loves you yeah no but it, it took my dad a while to warm up i feel like oh it takes a lot of you know it takes dads to warm up. it takes everybody to warm up my brother has a girlfriend or something brings her around i'm always like who's this <laughs> you know and it takes time it does yeah the first time tommy oh fuck the first time he met them um he my parents were vacationing out here and they got a house right up the street <laughs> and he to the concert that is that eighties concert that we went to. Oh yeah. I think it was the first time I met you actually. Wow. So he showed up to pick me up. <laughs> We've been like drinking all day by the pool and my dad and my brother are standing there in the dark in their bathing suits, <laughs> putting golf balls into the hot tub. <laughs> and that was the first time he met them and they were like, Hey, what's up? And then they just kept hitting golf balls into the pool. <laughs> he was like, What am I getting into? <laughs> Oh my god It's amazing <laughs> It was great That's so Jersey I oh love it God it is It's funny Speaking of Jersey I just listened to your podcast You had Jamie Lynn Sigler on Yeah I have so much love for her guys Again Plug your podcast again <laughs> Yeah I'd love for you guys to. I, you know I'd love to have Your fellow meatballs Come and, and, and listen in I think you guys would dig it It's We film it So you can watch it Or listen to it on iTunes It's called Inside of You With Michael Rosenbaum So yes. We try to get, we got like Emily Kinney from The Walking Dead coming up and Tom Welling, who's handsome as shit. Uh, he's tomorrow. Is, when does this air? Uh, this probably Wednesday. Oh, so this will, yeah. Yeah. So you could, by this time, you could watch it and listen to it. Look at that. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, we're, we're new and we could use all the help we uh, you can give us. Yeah. Well, so Jamie Lynn, I'll show you a picture later. I've met her. The Sopranos were my acting teachers she in New York. Meadow. She Meadow. was Meadow. Meadow, Meadow Soprano. Meadow. And um, I was doing a show called Tony and Tina's Wedding in Atlantic City. I remember Tony and Tina's Wedding. That went you on. Do? That was like that's been going around since like the mid '90s, right? Yes. Yeah. And they were doing appearances every weekend in Atlantic City. This was like the last season of Sopranos. Wow. So like Johnny Sachs, like all they were all my acting teachers, and like James Gandolfini would come in and like guest oh, teach. My gosh. And Jamie Jamie Lynn never guest taught, but Robert her who played her brother on the series came in and like talked to us but we also they would like michael imperioli owned the theater and he would bring in like john voight to, really yeah to just come and teach a class and 
One of the coolest things he said to us, he was like, whenever I'm acting, I like to pretend I have a key that my other partner who I'm with is trying to find or get to unlock like any of my secrets. And it's like my, you know, motivation for everything. The dog just farted, by the way. <laughs> Do you smell that? that it hasn't hit me yet. He knows he did it too. Look at this. I know. He put his head down. <laughs> Holy shit, man. I maybe got into the meatballs. Sorry, go ahead. This is a good conversation. No. My, my scent just kicked me. Just, You're in the moment. I appreciate I was. that. You just unlocked a key to my sensory. That's my it. Smell sense. Irv unlocked all the keys. Jesus. Fuck. Um, oh yeah. So I just thought that was really cool because I never heard her story. So I had met her. I have a picture shaking hands with her in front of all these like fans like Michael Spot, I'm all over the place with this story. After I performed at one of my shows, we went to see them and there was a huge like fan gathering and I just like walked up to the front and it was James Gandolfini, Jamie Lynn, oh. Michael Imperioli, well, they, all really nice. they were all at the table. Yeah. And Michael saw me and was like, Jacqueline. And it was one of those moments, like the two times I've ever felt cool in my life. <laughs> like I just got to like walk up and they were sitting drinking like Santa Margarita, Pinot Grigio, and I got to like sit and Come talk on. to them. And then James Gandolfini, my birthday was a few weeks later and we all hung out at the Borgata and we smoked cigars and drank apple martinis because Steve Sharippa loves apple martinis. <laughs> and wow. yeah, no, it was really cool. Oh. So the Jamie Lynn one brought back a lot of, even though I only met her once and she probably would have no idea who I am now. Um, I bet she would. It was really cool to like hear You're all Tina. <laughs> You're Tina. She'd be She's an amazing Tina. woman. And I, I'm glad how open she was about the MS, you know, and just, you know, the, you know, the, in the podcast, what I like doing it is it's, it, it's almost like, you know, cause I'm a fan, I'm a fanboy. I was going to horror conventions and things before I became even, an, you know, before I did anything. Mm -hmm. So I was going with my nerd friends in Indiana or college in Kentucky and we were going to like, uh, New Jersey. We went to New Jersey horror fest. It was called, it was called not scream fest, but whatever we went there and I met like some guy who was in like had four lines in night of the living dead or did you hear that? <laughs> was that a fart? <laughs> did you guys hear that on the podcast? My dog just shit himself <laughs> on your... Oh, my God. <laughs> Irv. Irv, he's smiling. <laughs> you got to get out, buddy. You got to fuck off, man. That was oh, great. Irv, oh, you could stay. Out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, it's not hitting me. Thank you, Irv. Oh, did you not have a nose? <laughs> did you lose it at Toys R Us? I must have. <laughs> um, what was I saying? The, oh, um, your horror fest. Oh, so I would go to the horror fest to meet all these actors. And, you know, um, so I'm a fan. So my podcast, Inside of You, Micros, what I try to do is I just, I want to I wanna know what other people just want to know. Like the basic stuff. Like, hey, wh where are you from? What were you like in high school? Were you doing? Oh, Bobby Lee, you were doing meth in high school. Wait, what? what? Then where did you go? How did you get into that? And then go off in these tangents all the way up to where their career is now. And then it kind of you know goes all over the place. But then becomes kind of therapy for me and what they you know the hardships they had in their life. But it's like I really feel like even though they're my friends, I get to know them for the first time. And it's so weird because I go, I thought I knew you, but now I really freaking know you. Yeah. So even Henry Winkler was on the show and. It's the a blast. Fun. It really is just, it's, you know, it's so much fun. It's just in my living room hanging out with my friends. And Well, guess what? We're about to find out what your jersey is. So my jersey is New Jersey. Right. And so yours, even though you were born in New York, is Indiana. Well, I, I you know, here's the thing, though. But I, I grew up in Indiana, but I, I have, like, my heart is a New Yorker because all sports are in New York, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you what do? you do? I mean, the, it's fine. 
How did that happen, though? I want to find out. You grew up in Indiana. Are you getting inside of me? <laughs> I'm getting inside of you because that's basically what we do. <laughs> um, you got to put Herb's fart on there. It's got to be like a promo spot here. Um, you know, I just, uh, my dad, I was living with my grandparents. We all moved in with my grandmother when, we, when I was like one. And then my dad was working at, like, we lived in a duplex after that. And he was just like delivering papers to like New York Rangers and New York Islanders, uh, hockey players on the island. And then we moved to Connecticut, lived in a duplex, and then he got another job, and then we got a, then he got a transfer to Indiana, in the middle of these New Yorkers, these Jews from New York now moving to Indiana, and were you the only ones there? Um, there weren't many. Yeah, and my dad didn't like the rabbi, and then we didn't go to synagogue, synagogue or you know temple, or whatever. So we just kind of lost the religion a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's always kind of like in our hearts, like oh, everybody was Jewish and this, but we never. I, I was bar mitzvah, but I memorized it. Like, you know how you read the Torah? I know. I, I memorized that shit. I didn't, I didn't know what I was reading. I was like, we were just never religious. They never really threw like, you know, we didn't let religion get in the way of certain things. But um, anyway, but that was me. So I grew up in from the time I was eight years old on in this little town in Cornfields in Newburgh, Indiana. Like, I think there was a couple thousand people and like 15 minute drive to Evansville and there was like 100,000 people there. Jesus. And yeah. were you always like kind of goofy and into like nerdy stuff even when you were little? Yeah, I used to like I remember saving my money or begging for a VCR and I got a VCR and then I would borrow my parents VCR downstairs and I'd put them together and I would dub old horror movies on my Friday and Saturday nights and I would just collect thinking this is why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. I didn't think then, but now then I had a thousand movies that were erased because it just, <laughs> the VCRs just like erased themselves after a couple of years. Oh my God. Were um, you devastated? I was kind of devastated, but I just was like, I was kind of a loner. I just didn't fit in anywhere. I had a couple friends, but then I became friends with this guy, Tom, down the street who was popular. So he invited me sometimes down to his house. How did you score that popular kid? Well, he lived down the street and he saw me playing basketball by myself. And uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, dude, I'm um, having people over tomorrow. You want to come? So I went over there and I could hear popular kids saying, what is he doing here? And Tom, I remember Tom going, dude, he's cool. He's cool. He's my butt. He's my friend. He's cool. And they left me alone, sort of. And then I remember I wasn't going to go to college. I was going to just, you know, bag groceries at Wesselman's grocery store, work at Sunoco, work at um, go-kart track. And then he was like, hey, dude, um, are you going to Western Kentucky University? Like, well, if they accept me with a 2.2. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to go, man. You should apply and we'll be roommates. And I went in and I applied that day because I was like, the popular kid wants me to room with him. Maybe life will change. Mm -hmm. And my life did change. I decided to go to college and I got more involved in theater. And he was sort of the guy who was like, dude, he's funny. Listen to him. He'll do impressions. And you can, and, and they, people would pay me like a buck or two or 50 cents to do an impression. Shut I would, up. I, back then, I'd do Fire Marshal Bill or, you know, whatever. And I would just. Uh, do you have any favorites? Can we hear right now? Um, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, you know, I do ones that are probably a little bit obscure, but this is a sports show. <laughs> well, now we're getting into. Sort of. but You. Um, yeah, we're getting into me. You know, Harry Carey was the, the Cubs announcer for many years, mm -hmm. the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. And he was always drunk by the seventh inning. <laughs> And he would do these impressions. And I, I remember I, I grew up with him, so I would hear him. And he'd be like, here's a fella. Dave Concepcion hails from Havana, Cuba, where the sun shines 365 days a year. And he misses a pop-up in the sun. 
I don't care. The ground ball over to Ron Say, over to Dirt for the out. Hey, check out the kid in the sombrero. <laughs> and that's how he would sound. There's this guy, John Campanera, who I kind of steal a little bit of his, but he did it years and years ago, before, way before Will Ferrell was doing it. Mm-hmm. So John was doing it, and I had, I had a good ear, so I started doing it immediately. But John Campanero was the guy who did that, and I want to give him credit, because he taught me how to do it the right way. And I grew up with Harry, so I, it was easy for me to kind of get that. Harry Carey was an amazing personality in sports. Yes. And one of the best announcers of all time. If you haven't heard him, go online, look up Harry Carey. He'll just crack you up. He was so drunk, he'd be like... He'd, like, he'd start these stories like, hey, Steve, you ever open a box of Cracker Jacks? I mean, it's got to be the most asinine thing, a child from uh, humble origins, to open up a box of Cracker Jacks and there's no prize inside. I mean, what the hell is that? Here's a ground ball over to Dunstan. <laughs> you know, shit like that. So I would do impressions. I remember doing like, I was doing walk and I worked with walking, so... Your son, fuckhead that he is, that bitch or a girlfriend, he took my narcotics. Now I know you know where they are. So tell me, before I do damage, you won't walk away from. Something like that. I mean, I do like... I, this, wait, I remember, I think it was the last time I was here, you were retelling a story about Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah, I just worked with him in Guardians 2. I hope we're in Guardians 3, but I don't know yet. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I but, think you will be. But he was like, I, I, I had to wear these dots on my face because of CGI. And he, the first day, like, I met him, but I didn't have dots on my face at the time. And then, you know, next time he looks at me and goes, Who are you supposed to be, huh? Are you Pippi Longstocking? It's with all the dots in your face. I'm like, oh, it's CGI. It's CGI. The hell you look like? I tell you what. I remember I put my hand on his after like day four because like we got to know each other. and I was making him laugh. We were singing old seventy songs. Like I mean, we were singing like. I mean, what's a good seventy song? A you know, slow ride. <laughs> well, you know, like <laughs> slow rides get. You know that song. If you leave me now. Oh yeah. You take. It. I remember Stallone. I would go. If you leave me now, and then he go. You take away the biggest part of me. Oh, I know that song. It's a good song. You know, you know we, we, and I remember I put my hand on his, and I did this. I do this thing called the gay spider, where I put my hand on someone's like a guy's, and I just like kind of go up his shirt, like you know, not up his shirt, but over his shirt, like a little spider, and then mm-hmm. jump down like on his crotch. Area. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, what's that? And I go, it's a gay spider. Goes, hey, keep your gay spider away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he wasn't—he wasn't homophobic. He was just didn't want me touching him. Yeah, but, it's uh, Stallone. Stallone. He was—he was the best. He was so funny. At the end, I—I I, I go, we signed my Rambo lunchbox. Because how old are you? Like I'm, I'm 45. You're 45. You got a lunchbox. You want me? To, this is your lunchbox, a Rambo. You want me to sign this? Like, yeah. All right. You know, I'll sign it. It's a weird. You know. <laughs> But he was cool, man. I love Stallone. He's, you know when your heroes are, there's nothing, I just guys out there, meatballs listening, I just have to say there's nothing better when you're a kid and you're like, oh, my God, I want to I meet Rocky someday. That's my hero. And you actually meet him and he's cool. That's like, that's, that's, that's the good stuff. That is. 
Wow. You because know, a lot of times you, you meet someone, they're like, oh, that guy's kind of a dick. Or yeah. He's, like not he's so a shit cool. person. I've had that. It's like, yeah. Really disappointed. Yeah. Have you met a lot of your heroes or people you look up to? Well, I worked with Clint Eastwood, and he was amazing. He was just like, Michael, I just want to say you, uh, you gave me a sensational audition. And if you do what you did in the audition, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I was like, you could fire me now, Clint. <laughs> I mean, he was just amazing. Um, uh, who else? I mean, Stallone, Kurt Russell. Oh, you know, he just seems cool. He's just the nicest guy in the world, man. So I think all the big guys, like for the most part, they're, there's a lot of good guys out there. You hear some stuff, but it seems like it's always the young punks that are the pain in the ass. Yeah. Although I love that at Hemsworth. How hot is he? Oh, gosh. I'm doing an interview here. Oh, Irv. You could fart, but just don't cry. <laughs> I want a picture of you and Irv, guys. Meatballs, they're so cute together right now. Oh, I'll post that. Irv, cool. babe. Say the magic word, hungry. Hungry? <laughs> Ask him if he is. Irv, are you hungry? <gasps> oh. <laughs> yes so I know that is no. we'll feed you meatballs after Herb. Yeah. no um I okay I want to know if you've ever been in a horror movie since it sounds like as a little kid you were obsessed with horror movies obsessed my mom used to make me watch them with her when I was eight <laughs> alien that, did that mess you up a oh little bit oh my god bit? I have a baseball bat I have an alarm system I have a dog <laughs> I wake up I don't sleep well it's all because of that but I do have an affinity for horror movies, and um, you know, I was in this movie *Urban Legend*, which came right after *Scream*, so it was one of the beginning, one of those before they all spun out of control. Yeah, um, it was great. I got to work with Robert England, who was Freddy Krueger, and um, Irv. Come on, get it out of here. But it was a blast, and it was shot in Toronto, and I had a cool death. And my dog gets put in the microwave. Oh, God. Keep it up, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I did this movie that wasn't well-received, but I got to work with Wes Craven in this movie, Curse the Late Wes Craven, and he signed my Nightmare on Elm Street poster. Oh, wow. He was amazing. He used to always make me do impressions on on set. Like, I'd do the line, and then as a character, and he goes, all right, do it as Walken, do it as Malkovich, do it as Kevin Spacey, do it as... And I would just do it, and he was just a blast. I love that. talk about the Amityville Horror, and if it was real or it was fake. He said it was fake. I said, no. And we talked about Lorraine, Diane Warren, who was, um, Lorraine Warren? Diane Warren. Diane. She's the singer. No, Lorraine Warren. Oh, okay. Lorraine Warren, who was the, um, the medium, you know, they went to there, the Conjuring's based on and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Annabelle, the doll, like, yeah. The Warrens, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, we talked, we debated if that was real or not. And so, um, but I've got, you know, I love horror. I love, I wrote a horror movie with my friend Jane called Sparrow Road and we're trying to get it made now. And I wrote another movie called The Sight with some friends, um, my friend Kyle Newman. And um, yeah, we're trying to, you know, I'm always like, I love horror. I really would love I to love make it. the next franchise or the next. Do you have a good horror scream? <clears throat> oh my God, I couldn't do it right now. Do you, you have a good one? I, I think I could try to do it. I don't want to scare Irv though. All right, you might want to, you might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Irv, Irv might think something's, <laughs> might think something's wrong. But yeah, I, you know, my thing is, I want to be scared. I mean, some people say this, but that movie was cool, or that movie was. I, 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 I want to be. The sh- I want the shit scared out of me. Same, I, I, like the movie It. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the remake either. And there's a house you can go to now yeah, it's in Hollywood. On Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. I wonder if it's cooler or dumb. 
I think it might be dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I go to Universal Horror Nights. I've never every, done. I can't handle the chainsaw year. people. John Heater and I, you know, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> He's like, I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is pretty cool. We should go on that ride. I'm like, all right, John. Yeah, I don't know that Eli Roth's new thing looks pretty cool. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let's go check it out. Oh, so we God. go every year for years. So I love horror. There's nothing for me better than horror. And there's very few movies that make me, like, scare me. Like, I love Insidious. I love It Follows. I love Train to Busan for a zombie movie or, um, yeah. I need a list for oh me. I haven't I have seen any of those. Jeez. You've seen The Shining, right? Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, I think that's most. most did you go seen. to the Stanley Kubrick exhibit yeah, at LACMA? Yeah, it's one it of my favorite cool. things. The, the twins and everything. All of that. Typewriter. Oh. The Shining. Wendy. Darling. Light of my life. Meatballs. Listen, just because you have a kid doesn't make him perfect. <laughs> He's not as pretty as you think. <laughs> That just uh, made my year, Michael. Oh my god! I love that. I love that they're meatballs. They really call themselves the meatballs. Yeah, they send me like gifts of like meatballs dancing. Can I have like if they they join my podcast mm-hmm. um, inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum? Can they? What, what would their name be? Uh, if they join the Insiders, they, I guess that I think we yeah, could do better than meatballs that. Meatballs is better, guys. It's just—is there something you talk about a lot that you love? Is there like a theme? <laughs> farting. Mean, we talk about no. This is we talk about dating. We talk about. I mean, really, it's about everything. It depends who the guest is. Like, Henry Winkler was on. I go, Henry, when you were the Fonge, did you get laid a lot? (laughs) Well, he's very nice and the sweetest guy in Hollywood, you ask anybody. Yeah. Let's just say, Michael, that um, things changed. (laughs) And I go, what does that mean? Did you ever have a woman say, would you wear the the Fonge coat or give a thumbs up? And he's like, it may have happened. (laughs) What a class act. He wouldn't give me too much, but enough. I he love was that. a class act, but he, you know, he appreciated. He let me be me. Like I interviewed him, and he let he allowed because we knew each other. If we did a pilot that got, you know, didn't make it. I did a lot of those. Then a lot of pilots that didn't make it. Uh, that happens in Hollywood. It does. Speaking of pilots, that I you had a pilot for MTV when you were first starting out. Yeah, I did a. <laughs> it was me, Jackson Brown, the singer. You know that song. She's gotta be somebody's only light gonna shine tonight you know that song from fast times at richmond high <laughs> anyway his son and leslie bibb we did a pilot and then oh, he, he get picked up and then it, then after that they said would you like your own show and i said sure it was called working stiff it was about a guy who took over someone's job every episode and thank god i didn't get picked up but it was like i was a cat on cats on broadway i performed on, what in cats on stop Broadway. it yep, you are at the winter it. garden yeah, theater performed on stage do you have pictures do you have video I have video i need to see all Backstage. of this i'm a huge I'm gonna, musical I, theater nerd oh i gotta put this up you will you'll shit it's ridiculous and then i was i were i was at queen zoo i could I was quit after that point <laughs> well i wasn't you know it says it said on the thing on the tonight's performance uh the the cat of spike will be played by michael rosenbaum and then i went backstage and they put all the makeup on me i had four hours with the dance choreographer I learned this little dance, and I didn't mess around, and I it was really funny. It was, and it didn't get picked up, but it was funny because the guy, Kent Olterman, is now the president of Comedy Central, and he produced it. And it was amazing. It was really fun, but I think if it got picked up, I'd be the reality guy. 
because it was kind of a reality show. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I think everything happens for a reason, but if that would have happened. And then they offered me a DJ position to be a, a VJ. A VJ? On MTV, and I said, no, I don't want to be a VJ. I, mean, I, it, I kind of did. Yeah. But I felt like, you know what, again, that could compromise what I want to do. It was a hard decision to make. I think it's very hard to transition into the acting. Yeah, I was like, hey, VJ, and I love music, so if it was the 80s, I probably would have said yes. Yeah, you love 80s music and all the yeah. John Hughes stuff, don't yeah. you? I don't know if I would have been like, hey, next up, we got some Fiona Apple. Criminal's just... a good song. Yeah, that is. <laughs> it's a good karaoke song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you were in New York. Mm. Was Tom in New York too? You guys left college, right? No, no. Tom and I went to Western Kentucky University. Yeah. Right? And then I went to New York. I went to, co- I went to did Off-Broadway, way the fuck Off-Broadway. Oh, New I, Jersey Broadway. Did you ever do Michael Chekhov Theater Company? <laughs> no, but I've heard of it. Yes. That was you, my first thing. I was like, I made it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I've done so. I did like Dracula at the Grove Street Playhouse. Yes. I'm like, did you ever, you know the Grove Street Playhouse? I did the American Ideal, this play, this whatever. And I, you know, I was just making ends meet. I was just, I met some good friends there along the way. But yeah, and I tried to catch a Ranger game while I was there. Mm-hmm. Or try to catch, you know, a big Ranger fan. Huge Ranger fan. Huge Ranger fan. I Is there hockey fans? Meatballs like hockey? I'm sure there are now. I've oh, really talked about fan, hockey. Right? No, no, I was a Rangers. You were? I loved the God, Rangers. Hard, man. Well, Lundquist, not to name drop, he's a good buddy of mine. Shut up. Yeah, he spent the night here at this house for three nights once. Oh, it's like in the day. I'm in the room with him. Yeah, you're in the room with him. <laughs> we're in the jacuzzi together, just me and him. It wasn't gay, though. It was just, uh, just, just two, two guys, guys. Just two guys jacuzzi. One of us might have been guys? naked. <laughs> Yeah, I love the Rangers. I do watch a lot of the games. And so, do you ever see them when they're out here? I try to. I went to the Stanley Cup Finals when they played the Kings, which I still think we should have won. I do too. We were up in the third period by two goals in the first game. We were up in the second game. There was look. I don't want to make excuses, but everybody looks at that series as four-one, and it wasn't. Nope. It could have. If we won one of those games, it's a different series, and every game was close. And I still have nightmares about it. <laughs> I do. Oh, man. I think it's like, you know, it's Lundquist is getting older now and he's mm. amazing. But like they have a great team. But I'm starting to what you know, I want Hank to get a to get a ring. He and I want to see him win. But it's, we got so close. What? You know how hard it is to get to the Stanley Cup finals? Yeah. Well, I haven't tried myself, but, you know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly how hard it is. Maybe, yeah, sure. It's like getting your own series. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do you want that? You want your own series? I, I, I want a What's Your Jersey series. I feel like this could be a thing. No, my, the ultimate goal is to be just doing a sitcom and then also. To- <laughs> that is Irv. That's my dog licking water. Can Irv be on my series? <laughs> yeah. Isn't he gorgeous? Yes. Um. Yeah, to be touring, doing comedy, then doing sitcoms, and just, you know. Well, you're doing your comedy thing. You're doing your podcast thing. Yeah. You're doing it. I just got asked to do a big show at the comedy store. I feel like you'd be really good on this. You might be too big, though, to be in it. You might be a good judge. I don't know if that's true. I'm not this that is... big. I just started. I started six months ago. Yeah, but you you know your shit. So this, this show is called Stand Up to Duh Streets, and it's a dance battle show. And yeah, so you I'd do. Have to dance? Yeah, you do like five minutes of stand up, and then you have a partner. It's two of you. It's two against two. So then you do one song with your partner. Then you do a solo dance number to a song, and then the end is a dance battle between the two competitors. And the one I'm doing is being judged by Lance Bass from Insane. Why? <laughs> I love Lance. Uh, and Andrew Santino from I'm Dying Up Here. 
and so that's amazing I, see, I don't think I could do that see you know at the back with all the dancing and stuff I think I might you know I might be able to do how much dancing how long it's a lot it's you basically you three songs you you could do it I you know think? you could do you it you dance to three songs yeah that, I think I'd be in pain so like last last week they did it and two guys did the thong song and they came out in like pink pop collar polos and like short pink shorts and then like lifted their shorts up and had like pink thongs. It was hilarious. You since you're a choreographer because you can choreograph yeah, that I dance. Do. Was it the... Uh, Which one? You I've, said you just... You, like, you did I've choreographed a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For so Nerdist. Can, so you can do this shit. I can, but we're competing against some tough competition. Make you know, be original. Uh, well, that's the thing. It's hard to be original. At first, days, you know... When I think you probably can relate to this, like anytime you're competing against someone for something, my brain sometimes will go into like, what what are they going to do? Like, how can I top them or whatever? And then I got to shut that voice off and be like, no, just be fucking Jacqueline. You have to. You just That's do your key, best. Man. You can't worry. I mean, I, God, how many times do we do that? Like, oh, I bet everybody's going to be telling the joke like that. Just tell your joke, man. If you want to tell it, tell it. Exactly. If you you got to just do your thing. I um, love... Uh, the series, the Defiant Ones. Uh, I just watched it. Boy, does that make you feel like shit? It's like oh, we're not working hard enough. I love some of the things they say. They were so profound. Jimmy, I mean, my mom always says this too. Just go with your blinders on, like you're a racehorse. Like don't step in anyone else's make lane. Fear your tailwind, not your headwind. Oh, that's what he says. And he also says, everybody's always worried about failure, right? Everybody's worried about it. You know, it's like you know, it's like. You know, who, it's like, who are you to worry about? It's like, you think anybody cares that much about you, especially in this day and age, in 30 seconds of talking about something else. Exactly. Right? Oh, my God. So just, I mean, if you fail, you fail. But guess what? Oh, my God, everybody's looking at me. Everybody's watching at me. Oh, my God, what does my family think about me? What do my friends think about you? They think about it for about, I don't know, 30 minutes. <laughs> if that. And then something pops up on Twitter. No one gives a shit. Just do your thing. You have to fail. You're not going to be any good if you don't fail. And believe me, I'm not, I'm not preaching that. I'm telling it to myself because I still need to do that. Oh, this I is still have fear. It's tough. I I I mean, I don't know about you, but like the Twitter and like the social media and like all this stuff. Do you find it annoying to have to do? Yeah, man. I, I if I wasn't an actor or wasn't if I didn't do all this stuff, I, you know, you have unfortunately. It's like you're only as big as your fans. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like people who say, hey, do you get upset when people ask you for an autograph? I'm like, you mean the people who made me famous? <laughs> you mean the fans who, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here? No, I fucking don't. I love it when people come up to me. It's yeah. better than people not recognizing me or saying, well, that asshole. <laughs> At least, that you know, I love it. Um but social media, it's like it's it's everywhere. But if you're not part of it and you're it's a brand, you're promoting yourself like your podcast, That's it. my podcast inside of you, with Michael Rosenbaum, <laughs> this will air. I'll I, you got to post stuff to remind people. And they're like, oh, I like this one guest he's interviewing and they'll watch it. Maybe they'll tell a friend and maybe they'll like you and yeah. maybe your show will be successful. But it starts because of the fans and without social media, there's no immediate connection with your fans and that is what is essential i think to that's the cool part about it yeah that that is to me yeah you get to actually respond to them oh now, for sure i got a, a, some instagram the other day and it's like do you even respond to your fans i'm like and i got mad and i first i wrote a, a little response that said have you fucking not read all the responses i did i respond on facebook and twitter and, and then i go okay no and i just erased it <laughs> And I said, uh, yeah, I do, but I, I can't get to all of them, but I always respond to people, mm -hmm. you know. 
That's good. Yeah, you responded I, to me very quickly. I appreciated it. Yeah. I do. I want to know because it does seem Love like. Love is. <laughs> I want you to show me. That's you going to say. Want you to show me. Um, <laughs> I feel like on paper it looks like your career, like you just kept getting things, like one thing after another. Like, were there any like lulls or any time you were like, I just can't do this anymore? Or did you just keep moving forward? I think there's always every week. There's I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, there there is. As I get older, I start thinking about things that are important to me, and like, am I spending too much on time on this? And I could die tomorrow. And like, my as my brother says, you're closer to ninety than you are zero. Because I'm forty five. <laughs> And 44 I, and 11 months. Yeah, 44 and 11 months. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how I look. That's how you look. Um, you know, there has been some most I've, I've worked pretty consistently. But, you know, uh, after Smallville, you know, I was on a show for seven years. And then I knew I had to rebrand myself. I knew I had to re, you know, I had to find myself again. And I, I had to show everybody out there, like, out in Hollywood, there's thing called called general meetings mm -hmm. with casting directors. They're just called generals. You meet them. I called my agent. I said, "Hey, I want to go on generals with every casting director." They're like Michael, they know you. You're Lex Luthor. <laughs> and I go, "That's exactly why I want to meet them. I want to grow my hair out and get in shape and show them I have hair and that I'm actually funny and I'm not so serious." And it was the best thing I could have done. And then I started. I met with everybody, and they're, they're like, "Oh," because they think of me as bald reading about you know, reading you know shakespeare soliloquies and so then i started going on auditions and i booked some pilots and this and and then you just wait for the right thing to go then a series comes up you do it for a year and then i did my show in pasture for two years and then i did you know i directed my own movie and back in the day and i just i try, i'm exploring i'm in this exploration stage of my life where i'm like i think my 40s are more about just really finding what it is you want because once you're 50 it's getting a little late dude figure out what you fucking want mostly so is it the podcast is it stand-up is it movies is it writing is it directing whatever it is because i'm doing so much shit eventually i'm like this is too much focus on what you really 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 love what direction is that right now what are you feeling it's tough because i still love acting i love directing i love writing mm -hmm. and that's all you know um i'm writing my own show now it's like a, a tv show and i've got these great producers behind me and and that would be fun because it's it, I created it. I think it's different when you create something as opposed to someone else creates it and you're just showing up when you're supposed to and reading the lines. Mm -hmm. There's something, if you're fortunate enough to do that, I'd love to say, hey, this is my show and I could do what the hell I want, hire all my friends and put my band, The Sandwiches Music, in it <laughs> and get them money. And get you know, I, want, I Honestly, I, I try to hire all my friends and everything. That's I what to, I loved about back in the day. Yeah, it was all my friends. Most of them were just people I was hiring. I shot it in Indiana and at my friends' houses. And I just, that's, the, the goal is to work with your friends and work with, you know, and enjoy what you're doing. Go to work every day and say, and, and most people don't get to do that. Most people, you know, I'm sure, look, I've done jobs that I'm just not happy with. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody wants to be happy. That's universally, that's just it. It's like, hey, do something you love. Or if you don't, at least you're making enough money so you can quit and retire early. Or have, you know, and some people have the worst jobs, but they have the best family and they just have so much love around them that it's okay. Yeah. You need sort of a balance. I feel like you're the superhero of like your friend group, which is funny because you play <laughs> you so many that? superheroes. Why do you say that? 
Because you get to do projects and you put all your friends in it. And you also organize. Michael has a huge group of friends that you've been friends with for over 15 years, right? Yeah, most of them over 10 years. Yeah. And I feel like you're always just wanting to do stuff that's fun and getting everyone together. And you, you've created this family around you. Yeah, you know, I... I think, look, I love my family, but I come from some dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So I'm not as close as I, you know, as many people are with their families. Like, you, it seems like with your dad, your relationship is really tight. And um, and it's fine. Again, I, I love my family, but, you know, um, this is my family out here. These are, you know, my brother does live out here and I see him and I love seeing him. But, like, Tommy and my friend Ethan and Lally and Deneen and Shira and... All these people that we see all the time, we have movie nights at my house or Game of Thrones nights or we're barbecues or co-ed softball Saturdays. We, we're playing flag football. Or we go to I want to play flags. flag football. Yes, we'll do it. <laughs> but we're getting old now, so the injuries are really starting to happen. But, I, but this is my family, so I like, to, I like to have that balance. And lately in the last six months with stand-up and the podcast and all these things that have happened and touring and all that. I, I feel like I'm missing something, and it's it's the friends, it's the family. Like I'm not seeing them enough for mm. my, you know, for my taste, for what I want. So I'm like, fuck, I gotta see. Like I miss Tommy. I miss hearing his voice. I miss like uh, just hanging out and laughing and being stupid. Just sitting in my backyard in the, you know, on the couch out there and, and grilling some steaks and watching somebody fall and trip and just <laughs> making fun of their and ass telling and stories. Spina and like, you know, whatever, telling <laughs> stories. And Carrie, by the way, I just mentioned Carrie. She killed me. <laughs> she fell. Yeah, Danson I'm sure. and Carl and Kent. There we go. Done. There we go. We did it. Krista, here we go. Yeah. It was really cool. Your band, The Sandwich, is also full of your friends. And I went to see them perform at the Hotel Cafe. You did. You did. Tommy was so, he was like in tears. Like, I'm so proud he of you. Was. <laughs> Dude, he was awesome. He came up to me. You know what's funny is I always, like, Tommy's the only one I get nervous about. He's one, though, I really get nervous about Tommy when I play. I don't know what it is. I think he was just like, Cause it's hard to please Tommy. Like, it was hard yeah. to please me, whatever. But he was, he was, you know, I'm like, fuck, you know. And he, he gets out there, and after we played, he just came up to me and gave me a bite. So I'm so fucking proud of you. Like, I'm like, I'm, you made me, you know, I'm so happy. And it made me really happy. It really, like, I don't know, it brightened my day, brightened my night. And, you know, it, it, the scariest thing, the easiest thing was playing in Germany for a bunch of people you didn't know who like mostly spoke German. They're like, oh my God, this is great. Great. And I love Germans. This guy, Uli. <laughs> By the way, there was this, uh, I want to get back to that sandwich night when we played, but we were in Germany and we were touring and we're in a van and we're like f six guys in a van, like packed with instruments. And this guy, Uli, this German guy who's in charge, like his, his wife is in charge of everything. So he's like, you know, very nice. And like talking like this. And <laughs> Lally was in the middle. My friend Tom, who's the popular kid who got me, started my career. Uh, Danson's on the right, who's our lead guitarist. And Jason Manns, who got us to go there, who's a musician, great musician. And he, we're in the van. And I go, Jason, hold the camera. And I turned around. I farted in Tom's face. And Tom goes, you're a fucking idiot. And I grabbed the phone. I kept recording. And I looked at Danson, who's on the right side in the passenger seat. And he looks at Uli, who's driving. And he goes... He's 45 years old. Can you believe it? And Uli goes, well, you know what they say? Once a pig, every time a pig. <laughs> <laughs> and you to, I put it on Instagram. It's one of the funniest things ever. But, you know, it's like you get to go do these fun things. And, it's so cool. And play. And we're just having fun. Like Carl, my bass player, has played for a year. He didn't know how to play. But he learned bass for us. Can't didn't know how to play drums. No one. I, so I, go, I, I go. I don't want to sing. I'm not a singer. But they made me sing. And I write all the songs and we play and we create. And you guys seem like you've been playing together for a while. 
it's it's fun we have fun I, we like our music we're evolving you know what kind of music do you would you call it I mean, it's hard because I think it's evolving because I think Radiohead. Lo- no, I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not comparing it. <laughs> We're like I'm the saying, new Radiohead. No, no, no. Radiohead <laughs> hated that song "Creep." I loved "Creep." I love. They Creep. won't play it at concerts because they say we've evolved. And it wasn't until you had my own band where I'm like, you know what? I get it now mm-hmm. because I love our songs and they're great. But I could see in another year we're gonna get better. And then these songs will become a little... So when you say what kind of music, I'm like, you know, I like to say 70s Southern rock meets wallflowers. But I'm like, now I'm like definitely 80s influenced. I want to get synthesized. I want to get violins. I want to be... I want to kind of be all over the map and, and go... Like, I want our album to be... Like, that sounded 80s. That sounded kind of like country. That kind of sounded like... I honestly want it to... Like, it, because I think that's who we are. Because we have so many people like Kent loves fish, and I'm like, eh. He's it, a jam band. Don't guy. they play the same song every time? All the time. And then you know, I like '80s, and then dancing likes this like cool new wave '90s shit. And like, yeah. You know, we have all these different flavors, so it's like we're kind of exploring. It's just fun. It's just it's it's bucket list shit. That process reminds me of stand up a little bit, where you tell a joke and you tell it for like a year and then you're like i got i can't do this again and you got to do new jokes because you've evolved yes well that that's what happens i think is like people don't understand like hey man i saw this comedian perform and uh he performed all the same jokes i'm like yeah you know why because he's working on a special and it takes a year before you even you know what i mean yeah so i can't even imagine people like hey (laughs) one time you know nick swartzen comedian yes i go nick i'm uh i've been working on some new shit he goes Rosenbaum, you're a fucking idiot. All your shit is new. You just started. And I go, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're right. That's true. I love sporty. And they're all, it's, it's true. It's like it's it, all my stuff. It's like you know, I've only been doing it six months. You've been doing it for years. I've been doing it for a few years. Yeah. And it was easier when I went on tour overseas to do it in front of all those strangers and just you know go and have fun. And then I come here, and if Tommy's like in the audience, I like freak. Oh, yeah. You know, when sometimes it's knows, fine. All my friends at Hotel Cafe, I was yeah. nervous as shit. It's like, and the first song we're playing the cover for Laverne and Shirley, yeah. On Your Mark, it's, and Kent lost his drum. That was the best He's like though. Animal on fucking, uh, whatever, on, uh, what's that, uh, The Muppets. Yeah. And he launched, it goes five feet from my, or five inches <laughs> from my face, and everybody just starts laughing. This chick fangirled out in the audience. It hit her, and she didn't care, because she was so oh, obsessed dude, with you. It was so funny. But I, I feel like it released the tension for, it like made it so everyone could laugh. And be like, yeah, 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 you know. And I almost feel like that should be like our trademark. We should do that every time now. <laughs> Can't you? And by Just the way, when we rehearse, he, th- he really throws them all the time. Why does he? I'm do like, that? are you ever going to learn how to control yourself? He's like, <laughs> dude, really? I'm trying, dude. I'm trying. Um, we don't have that much time left, but I do want to just tap into you have started stand up six months ago. As a little kid living in Indiana, did you ever picture yourself doing stand-up comedy? No, I think the problem was, the, 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 the reason I have so much, I think my problems stem from the fact that I was so insecure. Uh, people just pictured me as a weird kid. They didn't get me. I was just like not funny. Mm. That I just, I still, I st- you still carry that. It lingers like a cranberry song. You know, you like... <laughs> You still hold that that little kid, that little thing, and you try to push him away and say, "Stop this! You're funny. You can do this. You're talented. You're," but you, that little voice in your ear, and it's just like, "No, you're not. No." You still hear that, mm-hmm. no matter who you are, and that's why it's like you want to get rid of that eventually. 
And with stand up, I felt like I never imagined myself being a stand up comedian. Yeah. Although I thought I was funny as a kid, I just didn't understand why no one else thought I was funny. <laughs> and then. Um, what kind of stuff did you find funny? Look, I'm a big fan of like Bill Murray. I love Caddyshack. I love Chevy Chase. Anybody who says Chevy Chase isn't funny, fuck right off. <laughs> not maybe not now because he's older, but did, did he not give you Caddyshack and Meatballs and Vacation and Fletch and some gems? Yeah, all the I good love movies. Chevy and you know uh, Chris Farley. I mean, you know, I love Jim Carrey, early Jim Carrey, and like watching. Um, uh, Irv wants to make out, with out me right now. Uh, come on, come on, dude! You're in the middle of this podcast. Locked you out. Why didn't I lock him out? Because he's great. He's, he's gonna fart on me now, guys. He's sitting on me. I hope you're gonna listen. To that. You're gonna hear that fart. It was loud. Was like, <laughs> Everyone out there, your meatballs are gonna think I did it. I know. But anyway, I, those were influences, and I like. I'm not like. Sometimes I'll have a smart joke that's kind of creative, but I like. I like sophomore humor. I like. I like making people laugh and it shouldn't you know it shouldn't be that hard it should be just a, relatable mm -hmm. and so i tell stories about my dysfunctional family and my filipino stepmom and you know so michael are you gay <laughs> why would you say well you know you're 44 years old you live in hollywood you're an actor are you gay and like she's like so it's just family stuff it's about you know when i i fucked my mom's fur coat when i was in High school and that just makes like sense. yeah, just weird yeah, shit. You know. and they, they laugh, they laugh. Then I got allergic reaction because I was allergic to fox hair. Shut but, um, up. I talk that... about stuff like that. And I talk about you know girls and girls girls fart and people are like girls are always like no they don't. <laughs> you know, I just talk about re real shit that I think's really funny. Or when I was the other day, I, this isn't even a joke, but I was up there getting myself a spring cleaning with the razor. You know, yeah. To trim my hair. Maintain. Right. So I maintain. So I trimmed the pubes a little bit, and then I was I looked in the mirror. And I was like, well, who are you fucking Adolf Hitler cut right now? <laughs> And then I fucking trimmed it down. That was a Charlie Chaplin. And then I'm just like going down. It's like, like and eventually I'm fucking powder. You're just. You know, <laughs> fucking movie powder. I've completely shaved myself. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, Justin Veshi, who's a meatball, actually had a question. Um, Justin? Justin, yeah. Big Penn State fan. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to know, were you worried that your hair wasn't going to grow back when you shaved for small dog? Yeah, well, it was a concern. So every, you know, yeah, it was a concern, but every year I noticed it growing and I was like, but I'm, as I get older, I could start losing it and I, who knows what's going to happen. I looked at my dad, he had hair still. So, you know, uh, I, I was concerned a little bit, but then I, the best thing about playing that role, because mm -hmm. I was like, fuck, Greg Beeman, the producer, he directed like License to Drive in the 80s and a bunch of Smallville apps. He goes, you realize that you're the only one when this is over, that when you grow your hair out, you can do whatever you want because people won't recognize you. And I go, Wow. I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, th I'm glad the hair grew back. Do you have any dream roles or anything like you'd love to play that you haven't touched on yet? <sighs> well, the Han Solo story was already taken. That role was taken. <sighs> um, you know what? I think just, I, I just want to work. I want to work on something that I love, like something that I'm excited about. I want to work with great people. I want to work... Uh, my friend Dax Shepard always cast me in his movies. He cast me in Hit and Run. He cast me in this other thing. Um, uh, he cast me in Chips, but I got cut out. It was the, the opening, and it, I, I, it was whatever. But, he, you know, my friends put me in movies. My friend James Gunn puts me in Guardians 2. And so that's cool. what I'm talking about, your friends. It's great when you have friends and they become successful because Dax and I were like idiot dru drug addicts. We're not drug addicts, but alcoholics <laughs> years ago. And then, you know, it's nice when 
people start your friends around you start to succeed and they're like hey dude want to do this role and you're like yeah because i have some friends that don't ask me to do anything yeah you know so it's it's just i just again i just want to go to work i want to be happy i want to do things that i love write my own shit hopefully people will like it do my own podcast like i'm doing you're doing it i'm just i'm having fun it's i, I think that's the most important thing. i love your energy you're very chill and immature, which is Incredibly great. Incredibly immature. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Silly. Never lose that. Um, try. Some rapid fire questions. Yeah, do it. Any given Sunday or Rudy? Rudy. <laughs> Fuck. That's not even a question. I love Al Pacino's speech in Any Given Sunday. Wow. I can't even do Pacino. <laughs> but Rudy, come on, man. You didn't cry in Any Given Sunday. You cried in Rudy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, meatballs or bolognese sauce? Meatballs. 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 It's sad, but I love a good bolognese. Really? Oh, yeah. I had it last night. Oh, I like bolognese. Isn't that yeah. like meat in there? It's like a meat sauce. Like grounded meat. <laughs> yeah. I like, but you know what? There's nothing better for me yeah. than spaghetti and a big fat meatball. Right. You know, I love my Olive Garden. Oh, yes. I have gift certificates. I bring my friends to the Olive Garden. It's a tradition. I love it. We should go to the Olive Garden tonight. That would be fun. Oh, Irv wants to go. Um, I wish you guys could see Irv right now. He's just like right between us, just staring into nowhere. <laughs> He's oh. like, can you guys fucking stop talking? <laughs> Fucked up on the zone. <laughs> Farting. I know. <laughs> His just got really big. Uh, Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side or Connie Britton in Friday Night Lights? Friday Night Lights. Yeah. She's a cool, cool chick. Yeah. I was at I was working a party once. It was an Emmy party, and I, my only job was to pour champagne into people's glasses. And she turned around and she was like, "I don't have a glass. I don't care. Just pour it in my hands." And I poured the champagne in and her hands. She drank hands. it. Oh yeah, like a boss. That's a woman right there. Right. She's from Jersey. She's a woman. I feel like she's got to be from like Texas or <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> she's too cool. Um, Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Oh, you know what? That's a, that's. I'll tell you what. I gotta go, Frankie, because my grandma Blanche, she loves Frank more than anything. You look over, you you won't look there, but above my bed mm-hmm. is Frank Sinatra. It's like this painting I got, and I got her one too, my grandma. Oh, but uh, I love Frankie. I love Dean too, but yeah, you know the song that each guy should listen to. Listen to this song. I promise you, I bet you haven't heard it. Here's that rainy day. Johnny Carson made them play it at his funeral. He loved it so much. Here's that rainy day by Frank Sinatra. Here's that rainy day they told me about. You have to listen to it. I just got all the chills. I just want to cry. That's so sad. That's that's so sad. Uh, Oh, man. Um, Goodfellas or Casino? Goodfellas. Goodfellas. I never saw Casino. Really? Should I see it? It's my favorite movie. Really? I'm like really offended right now. I've never seen it. I know. My my fantasy football name is Sam Ace Rothstein, which is De Niro's character because he's, you know, the head of a casino. So he'd be good at gambling. That's pretty cool. I know this year for Halloween, I was trying to get Tommy to be Ginger and Sam Rothstein. And he was like, I don't want to explain my costume to everyone. But by the way, what's his name? (laughs) Um, Jay-Z has a song where he says Sam Rothstein. Yes. See? Right? Now you know. (laughs) One of them? What's that song? Yeah. One. Um, is it Sam? Is it one. New you York? Got one. Oh one. yes, the lost ones. 
<laughs> lost ones? Is that, that it? Yeah. You lost one. Yeah. One. one. <laughs> Sam Bass Rossi. Yeah. Yeah. You got your Sam Rossi. Yeah. yeah. Now you get it. If anyone was wondering what that line was about, that was it. That was it. I that put it together. It, it took yeah. me years. I know. Um, okay. And we're going to finish it up. Lady Gaga or Britney Spears? You know what? I have to say, oh, here's the, Britney Spears back in the day. Like, I was like, oh, my God, everybody wanted an FBS. <laughs> they wanted an FBS. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? We're with you on that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But Lady Gaga was just like, uh, uh, uh. And there was something about her when she did the NFL. The halftime show. Halftime show. I just instantly got a boner. Right. I was just like, boner city. I know. Lady Gaga. Um, so Lady Gaga now, Britney back in the Disney. Same thing. I'm going to high five you on that. Same, same, same. Good. I wasn't a big Gaga fan in the beginning. No. I was like, too this weird, is a ripoff. Too, it's too weird. She's trying, trying too hard. Yeah, stop it. I don't like it. Now in. And now after in. seeing that concert, which I know you made fun of someone for going to. Who? <laughs> Tommy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after I seeing go. that, it was so inspiring. She, I mean, talk about good music and like sitting at the piano and just like just being real really? fucking awesome yeah you'd appreciate I'll it check it out why it did out. you ask uh jamie lynn in the beginning if she was friends with lady gaga because i just like lady gaga <laughs> so i asked the first few guests like hey do you know lady gaga could you get her on here and they're like no i don't know her that's okay so at the end of each of my podcasts what i do because lady gaga retweeted a parody i did of hers a few months ago. Are you serious? Yeah, we did a million reasons parody and it was a million reasons why 2016 sucked. And it just, for some reason, the timing was right. We recorded the song. The video came out the next day. We got the same soundstage, the same guitar she used in the video and shot it immediately and released it a few days after she released her video and it was over Christmas. Did it go viral? And it didn't go viral. I mean, it's got like thousands and thousands of views, but Huffington Post posted it, Elite Daily, and then That's amazing. she retweeted it. Nice. Thanks. So I think we're best friends now. Um, well, if you can get Lady Gaga on my show. Is she single? <laughs> Why don't we do a dual one? <laughs> Is Gaga single? No, she's been dating her agent for the past like six uh, months. Mistake, and they're... mistake. You saw what happened with, uh, what's her name from we... American Idol? What's mm. her name? Which one? The pretty one that got second place, I think. Carrie, Carrie Underwood? Kathleen McPhee. Oh, Catherine, Catherine McPhee. McPhee. Oh, my God. I'm in love with her. She's... My friend's friends with you her. You know her, don't you? No. I never met her. No? My friend's good friends with her, and she's cute. Oh, well. Yeah, whatever. She's cute. That's whatever. Why. No, she's really pretty. I've seen her in person. She's yeah. great. I'm trying to find your lyrics. So every guest I have does a Lady Gaga read. I, I don't know any of her songs. <laughs> I just know her. No, I know that. But So you can do this read an interpretive Michael Rosenbaum read. You don't have to read that many. Um, I wanted you to do Born This Way. I thought I had that here. It's going to be absolutely unique. It's going to be really now, great. I just read it? You, okay, so my last guest, um, who was it? Earl Skakel sang it, sang his lyrics. He just did. He, did. he ever heard the song? No. Mm-mm. He had never heard it, and uh, he just sang it. Some people do it in, like, a Jersey accent. What is this? This is Born This Way, which is also the theme song for this podcast. What's this word right here? Boudoir? Boudoir. Ugh, pretentious. <laughs> so how am I going to do this? My mama told me when I was young, we were all born superstars. 
She rolled my hair and put my lipstick on in a glass of a boudoir. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, because he made you a perfect babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. Listen to me when I say I'm beautiful in my way. Because God make no mistakes. I'm on the right track. Maybe I was born this way. Don't hide yourself in regret. Just love yourself and you said, I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. <laughs> God damn it. There's the name. Some about the name then. He's going to kill me. You know what you just sounded like? It was on the I, podcast. I, I didn't even. You know, it's funny. As I, did, I, I started not doing Tommy, and then I went into Tommy, and then I was doing somebody else. I don't even know who I was doing. You just channeled my uncle Phil Caprio, who's been on this podcast Really? Before. I was in him? <laughs> you sounded like him. That's such a fun accent. I wish I talked like that, because it's such a fun. New Jersey, Italian. It's yeah, like, but I've never heard like, anyone that sounds like him. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't need it, because it was inadvertent. I didn't mean it. No, that was great. Uh, you've killed this, Michael. This was so fun. You, you, so this, many you things. Get, get a little show here and uh, um, i'm glad you asked me to do it i'm so happy thank you so much for being here anytime i'll come back i love it let's do it yeah hopefully your meatballs hey meatballs come uh listen to my podcast yeah it's it's free on itunes inside of you with michael rosenbaum and you can watch it for free on on youtube by the way yes you'll watch me and tom welling tomorrow well yeah we'll be on (sighs) I'm excited because it's Lex Luthor interviewing Clark Kent God. for an hour and a half. <laughs> so it's me talking about everything. All the it's things. It's fun, man. I so love th- it. Hey, this is great. Seriously, I had fun. You're the best. You're awesome. We'll you, definitely Tommy. have you. I love you, you Tommy. <laughs> I love you, Phil. Phil? Is Phil? Phil? <laughs> yep. We got a lot of Phil's. Tommy's middle name is Phil, which is weird. Um, weird. I'm <laughs> a terrible weird. friend. I forgot his middle name was Phil. It's okay. Whatever, Michael Owen Rosenbaum. Yeah. Uh, meatballs, thank you for listening. You're the best. I hope you have an amazing week. Thanks for rating, reviewing, sharing with your friends. I'm Jacqueline Marfuji. Come to the Comedy Store October 3rd, 7.30 to catch me dancing, slinging jokes, and being judged by NSYNC members. Come on. Who doesn't want to go to that? Um, I love you and I'll catch you on the flip side.